Hey there, just as a public service announcement before the podcast starts, if it just so happens that you're looking for more in our boyfriends this week, you can find Ryan and I on the Beer and Comics podcast, which you can get on iTunes by searching for Beer and Comics, or on Twitter by following its host, Allie, at Wonder Allie. She invited us on to talk about comic book movies, and shockingly, neither one of us got drunk and made a scene, unlike the episode you're about to hear. So again, that's Beer and Comics, go check it out. And now, on with the show. Oh. <laughs> I know how the internet works. Internet boyfriends. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Internet Boyfriends. I am Joey, and with me, as always, is the great god Ohm to my brother, Ryan Kloss. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. I figure, if anything, you've always been that turtle that like kind of follows behind me, being like, "Hey, hey." I, yeah, I'm definitely the small turtle. I'm definitely the unsubstantiated uh, great god Ohm. Would you say he's unsubstantiated? Well, in the beginning, the, well, the thing is, well, the hey, 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 I wouldn't hey, go so far. At the what beginning you... of the book, we're talking about he's just a turtle who has no followers. At the end, it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. And later books, he's also a different situation. Like, oh, he's in he's in other books. He's, I mean, I just finished reading Science of Disc World four, mm-hmm. uh, and Ohm is explicitly the Christianity reference. Yes. And it becomes more... Speci- I mean, I, it's been a long time since I've read Small Gods. It's been over 10 years. 20 years. Oh, God. It's been over 20 years since I read Small Gods, because I know that was a soft cover. A- and But I just recently read Science of Discworld 4, a- and it was objectively Jesus and Christianity. Just the same way what I reread Narnia... Don Treader and Last Battle were like, whoa, a lot of Jesus. It, so it was a lot of Jesus. Okay, let me let me rewind ever so slightly. Ever because so slightly. Because I, I, I wanted I wanted to introduce this podcast. This is the Terry Pratchett podcast. This is the Terry Pratchett podcast. This is the Terry podcast. <laughs> you haven't read Pyramids, so you don't understand, but this is the Pateri podcast. I, I, I don't understand yet. Yeah. I don't understand yet. But I, but I will. I will because that's the purpose of this podcast is we're going to get me started down a path. I'm already started down the path. You've but I'm started. Gonna, I'm going to continue yeah. down the path. Yeah, we're going to continue down the path. So friend of ours, friend of the podcast, Darcy, she sent me a book called uh, Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, but it's H-A- H-A- Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. H-A-I-G. Yeah, I would say Haig. Yeah. And wonderful, absolutely wonderful book. If you have, you know anyone with depression, if you've ever thought about depression, if you have depression, if you've ever felt like you might think about depression, then I'd say definitely check it out. It's a great book. It, it really, it's, if you read the back cover, it's heavily promoted by people from QI and everyone to do with that kind of. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of QI people. I, I it's like Stephen Fry and uh the Reverend and um there's there's like uh, quite a few like good pull quotes on there people talking it up. It's a great it's a great book. I don't know how he's involved with any Any, people, anything but... endorsed by Stephen Fry is worth ins- inspecting in some way. Oh yes, no. This this deserves the endorsement. It's an absolutely wonderful book and and thank you Darcy for sending it over. And I I wanted to do an entire podcast about it, but I don't really I, I didn't really take a whole lot of notes about the book because I was so into it. And I Just read to it say, slowly. Darcy, mm-hmm. who's our friend, mm-hmm. is at like underscore whoa on Twitter. <laughs> yes, she is. So yes, you can is. follow her, say hi, say we said hi to her, and she she know that we was like hi hi Darcy hi Darcy. You're gonna hear this before anyone else will anyway because you love us and we love you. Yes, which so, is true. Hi Darcy. That's Long-time going. listener. She's our... Long-time firster, never-time caller. Well, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> Although, I guess she, she did come up with the names of the... the, the There's the My To My Whatever of the last podcast. Last episode, yeah. Yeah, so that was Darcy. No, she yeah, she's she's all over the place. She's all in here. If you're in so, London and want to meet a cool person at like underscore whoa... If you're is the person to talk to... Yeah, yeah, sure. If you can travel to London easily, at like underscore whoa is the person to talk to. You are getting too amused with yourself. Way too early. I'm old and like blossom, so I can't think of other anyone other than Joey Lawrence saying whoa. (sighs) Well, okay, so I finished that book. It was wonderful. It was great. I didn't take the notes I wanted to. I might go back and reread it. I don't know. I, eventually, I will talk about it or work into the podcast. Certainly, I'm already working a lot of what he said into my life, I think. He is a um, wonderful role model for life. 
He is. He's a very good role model for life. Well, hold on. Are we talking about Matt Hager or Terry Pratchett? I'm talking about Terry Pratchett. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, then, yeah. I'm looking for other. I forgot already. I'm I forgot already. For great role models. I, okay. So I finished Reasons to Stay Alive, and I said, "Hey, Ryan, what am I going to read next?" And you said, "Go read Soul Music by Terry Pratchett," because I'd previously you... read uh, Small Gods and then more. Yeah. And now I'm reading Soul Music. I'm about three quarters of the way through Soul Music. Yeah, and earlier we de- I described Soul Music as a sort of buffet of Discworld. It is. So you can it taste is. different. I don't think any of the witches are in Soul Music, but you get some wizards. Not so far. You get some City Watch. You get some Death. It's primarily a Death book, but it's you, all the Death books. You sort of taste a bit of the rest of the disc in there, in the in those in the between those pages. So it works out. And Soul Music is a great book, as are some of the other standalone death books and death and standalone books without death. But anyway, but if someone said, if someone said, I want to read one of the death books, because let's okay. If you want to read a death book, let's back up. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, we're talking about Terry Pratchett. Yeah, we're both assuming that people know what the fuck we're talking about, and that's not going to be the case. Like, there's going to be at least one person I know who's going to listen to this and go, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And and I don't know they listen to this, but I have to thank Chris Walsh. And his friend Stu for letting me meet and shake hands with Terry Pratchett in person a long time ago now in New York City. And so I have to, th- I have to, I have to put that out there because we're talking about Terry Pratchett. I have, to, I have to put out my always thankful to Chris and Stu for letting me meet Terry Pratchett in person because I'm a gigantic mega fan from over 20 years ago. You are. I am. Okay, so Terry Pratchett writes a series of books called Discworld. Yes, and amongst other things. Amongst other things. But, but Dis- primarily Discworld. Discworld. Main, yeah, yes. it's primarily Discworld. And I'd say, the way we talked about this before was, I class up, personally not knowing all the books, is that Discworld is sort of that place that you should be after you've finished with The Simpsons and Douglas Adams, correct? Sure. It was definitely my post-Douglas Adams thing. Uh, in a way, Discworld, I, I'm going to contextualize this space sort of in the, there's a series of books called The Science of Discworld, which uses the disc as a analog for the real world and uses the, and then, and mirrors it in a way to let you, teach you in the way of science. And so Discworld is the way that makes the most sense, narratively speaking, for a human to live on. It makes more sense narratively to live on a disc than a globe where you could fall off the bottom. Like gravity doesn't make sense as a narrative sense as a narrative concept. No, no, not um, at all. But it, it, we live on round world where gravity makes sense. But like, if you're just like, oh, if you're gonna decide a world without concept of gravity, or whatever, it'd be a flat thing everyone stood on because that makes sense. And sure, they're on this world is on four elephants standing on a turtle. But, like, historically speaking, that makes more sense than actual reality because more people have written and talked about that kind of thing than actual a orb floating through space obeying the laws of thermodynamics and Einstein's theory of relativity. So they use Discworld in that sense to talk about the world in a narrative sense versus an objective reality sense. And I love those that sub-series of books for that reason. And we'll move on after that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, my my ner- my new nerd or noob nerd question would be so what book do you start with? In your opinion. So everyone's got a different answer. So there. my Discworld origin story is I was on uh BBSs, which are bulletin board systems for those people who don't know, back in the mid nineties. And I was on a local Montreal bulletin board talking to some people that I occasionally talked to, uh, that I became friends with. And one was a girl who I, who was a girl. I was at 14 at the time who I flirted with and talked to and had a crush on. Wait, there's a girl that liked the same things you did? Sure. Girls like the same things that you do? Of course they do. Girls have likes all sorts of things. No, 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 no. I, we know that now. 14 year old me would be. This was, this was 1995. This was a long time ago. At that point, girls did not like the same same thing as I did, so it was a different story. Anyway, I knew she was unattainable, but either way, she was like, "Oh, you've read all of Douglas Adams at this point," and, and I read Douglas Adams. My dad, my dad was a science fiction guy. He, I was, my, I had shelves, bookshelves full of science fiction books as a kid, 
And he had a first edition paperback of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And so, and I would guess 98, uh, sorry, 88, a feels a long time ago, <laughs> 88, I read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and then quickly proceeded to read the other initial four increasingly inaccurately described Hitchhiker's Guide trilogy. Yes. Um, so I read those, and in 1990, I got a leather-bound version of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide Through So Long and Thanks for the Fish, plus the uh, ZZ, plural Z Alpha, or whatever it's called, a short mm-hmm. story with uh, Zephod. And so th- at that point, I was firmly in the comedic sci-fi realm. And so I was talking to this, this girl I had a crush on in 1995 or 4 or whatever it was. And she told me, like, oh, you like this person. You should read Terry Pratchett. I was like, oh, okay. I will do whatever you say because I'm a 14-year-old boy. And the girls tell me to do something, so I will. And so I started reading Terry Pratchett. And at that point, I picked up whatever softcover I could find. I honestly don't remember what the first Pratchett book I read was. Uh, it could have been Color of Magic because I'm a complete crazy person and would only read the first book of the series at all. Which and you that, don't recommend now. I don't recommend that now. And it's a good book. It's a fine book. But it's not the best book to start with. Okay. Uh, he definitely found his footing later on. And I've read every single novel Terry Pratchett has written. So I, I'm going to say that as a bit of an expert, I'm going to say. Um, I would say of the two of us, you're the Oh, expert. of the two of us, I'm for sure the expert. But like I've read Color That's Magic. That's all that matters. That's and, all, I guess. And, and, and in 1995 or six, I became a, a programmer of the Discworld Mud video game. Like I made. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I was, I played in the Discworld Mud, which for this is an old term. It was called as a term for multi-user dungeon. And in the nineties, before there was graphics in the internet. Uh, we had things called MUDs and MUSHES and assorted other MU-somethings, which is like the MMOs of today. MMOGs, multiplayer, multiplayer online games. Memorpurgers. Yeah, exactly. Memorpurgers. But like those were the things of the time. So I was I played the old M- uh, multi-mud, multiplayer, unlo- uh, whatever it is. And I became, I worked my way up through the ranks and became a creator. So I made like... If you were a Discworld fan and ever played this game, I made Elm Street, which Joey doesn't know about yet. I worked on I the uh, surroundings of the Anakin Warpork because they blo- broke up the creators in different districts. So there was uh, the Anakin Warpork group, the SUR group, which is the surroundings of Anakin Warpork, which is the prairies around. There was the Ram Tops, which for the witches fans, which is where the witches were. Uh, there was the Clatch, which is where the small gods were, and uh, ish like it's the sort of Africa Middle East area, because uh, everything just was an analog to reality. Uh, so like I I created areas in the disc before I even like, I knew Joey at that point, but like I wasn't like we weren't super close at that point. So like I'm I'm like I'm a I'm a little crazy about Discworld. So. So, like, I would say the first book to read is depend. Like, hmm. it could be either Mort, Men at Arms, Weird Sisters, or Small Gods. Uh, and I, I've excluded Rincewind from the initial reading, which, and he's the initial star of the books, protagonist of the books. And I would say he is not the person to start with, uh, even though he's the initial person that the Discord was grown out of. Uh, but like the the Discworld is broken into four, five large categories. One is Rincewind slash the Wizards. One is Death. One is the Witches. One is the City Watch, and one is Miscellaneous. And towards the end of Terry Pratchett's life, Miscellaneous sort of concentrated in the uh, Moist Von Lipwig. I think it's trilogy. I'm honestly not sure right Sounds now. Right, yeah. Making money, po- going postal, going postal yeah. and I think a third one, where he was sort of the veterinary's person to use as a cipher for progressing the world in a technological way. So he was used to create the Discworld's version of the local mint, and the Discworld's version of the postal service, and the Discworld's version of global communication. 
in a broad terms. And and that's the thing. Discworld is the is obje- is exclusively a way to mirror us in a way to show us how we are ridiculous objectively speaking. Like it takes the stuff that we can't deal with because we've been so close to it and dealt with it so intensely because it's what we live in and amongst and shows it to us from an external point of view. And it's which is all what which is what all science fiction and fantasy does. And and I think Terry Pratchett does it better than Douglas Adams ever did. And more consistently than Douglas Adams ever did. And I fucking love Douglas Adams, but we're talking about Terry Pratchett right now. And so he did it in a magical version of instead of a scientific version. Well, that see, that's initially why I was a, when you years ago when I said to you, "What do I read?" and you said Discworld, and you said uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy." And we didn't talk about that much. This was you, uh, ten, a long time ago. And Hitchhiker's long time ago. Hitchhiker's yeah, is definitely larger in the zeitgeist than Discworld is. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. No, um, it, it totally deserves it. Like Douglas Adams was a phenomenal uh, speculative fiction writer. I, I think the reason why he's so much bigger is because the reason why I picked that those books to read first, which was I love sci-fi and I love someone telling me about the goofy shit that's going to happen out in space in the future or what is happening out in space or what aliens might be like or all those what-if questions that I have, whereas I'm not really – I've never been a big fantasy fan. I don't like anything that's set in the Middle Ages or anything that's got swords and dragons and that sort of thing because I, I get it, man. I'm, I'm a big I, history fan. I'd I agree. about history. But I, I'm fine with fantasy that is reflects the world in the same way science in good science fiction reflects our world. Lots of epic fantasy is more just like we'll create new myths for the world, which I'm significantly less interested in than social commentary through a fantasy bent, which is what I like most science fiction to be is social commentary through a science bent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pro all fantasy that is mirroring our reality. But Discworld, to me at least, as a new reader, is not exactly fantasy because it's it's looking at our society and things that are going on. But it has dragons. It ha- I haven't seen any dragons yet. You didn't start from the beginning. There are dragons in the Ooh. first two books. Yeah, I didn't start with the first two books. Which is so fine. I'm not. Saying. It's totally fine. I'm just saying it's objectively a world with magic and creatures in it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You've it's definitely just- seen trolls and orcs and dwarves at some point. But like the, I in my in my head, it doesn't look like one of those '80s cartoon versions of The Hobbit. Yeah, you know, it's not like Tolkien. The, yeah, that's the kind of thing. I'm not really a big Tolkien fan. I'm not really into that sort of stuff. Uh, anything that kind of seems like it's either going to look like uh, World of Warcraft or Tolkien in my head, like ah, I don't fucking I don't care. You know, yeah. whatever. Dragons and swords. I don't give a shit. But to me, in my head, Discworld looks a little bit more like. I don't know, but it's more modern. It's more like our world just, you know, like more, maybe more like our world Minecraft kind of mashed together sort of thing. Like it's it's everything that we got going on, uh, Discworld has going on. They're they're both very similar in those ways. And there's a, I don't know, he has a lot to say. There's a lot of commentary worked in there. And there's certainly a lot of, a lot of social commentary and a lot of references and things like that that I think think as you get older you'd pre- that's why i said like simpsons and douglas adams you can appreciate when you're very young because they introduce you to things whereas this yeah. world seems more reactive and and has a lot more commentary and a lot more adult i mean up and- i think objectively speaking this world is as reflective of reality as uh, the hitchhiker's guide books are but i think hitchhikers struck a chord earlier and as such made a bigger wave than this world did like there was the BBC series that I loved and watched back in the day of the Disc- Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There was the movie. There's never been a Discworld movie. Um, there's never. Yeah, there was. There was not a-, a not a theatrical release movie ever. Okay. Okay. And there was, but there was a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie in theaters with Martin Freeman and Mostaf. Like it happened, and mm-hmm. Zoe Deschanel. Like it happened. Whereas there was Discworld TV movies. There was a Hogfather one. I I have a. Soul music one, I think. Uh, I have a, I have, I have the Hogfather one, and I have a couple other ones. I'm gonna get up and walk right now. I said Joey's chagrin. 
and see what I have on the shelves. I have a Discworld movie that I've never actually watched. Well, there was the Hogfather. Is there the was a Hogfather, which isn't on disc. Oh yeah, here it is. I have Weird Sisters and Soul Music as the Terry Pratchett's Discworld collection on DVD, which is on my shelf between Reefer Madness and Rounders. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, while you hold but on, but I haven't I haven't actually watched it yet, so I don't know if it's any good. While but I thoroughly liked Hogfather. And there was another Discworld series where Pratchett was in involving Rincewind going over the, the edge of the disc. I think it was a light fantastic series. I'm not positive though. Anyway, you can talk you can talk now, I can Google. I, I, I was just I was just saying that instead of just listing things, I wanted to know okay, I, the the death books make sense to me. Uh, Small Gods was great. Small Gods is one of my favorite books now. After it's a if Small Gods is if you don't want to read any other Disc World, Small Gods is Small Gods is the way to mm-hmm. get the idea and get a great phenomenal story out of it. Yeah, and yeah, there was the Color of Magic um, TV series. Holy yeah. shit! There was a Going Postal TV series. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I'm not seeing the Going Postal one. I didn't watch that. That's actually why when we first started talking about this, I said, "Should I read Going Postal?" And you said, "No, not yet." And I was like, "Yeah, but they made the thing," and you were like, "No, no, no not yet, not yet." Yeah, so, exactly. so when is when when do I read Going Postal? After you've read some of the City Watch stuff. Okay. All the all the moist stuff is post City Watch. Okay. But do I is that also another series to read, or are those just independent? Because the weird okay, to so, so someone who doesn't know what we're talking about again. Okay, so yeah, that. in Discworld there are like I said, I think I said before there's five main series. Mm-hmm. There's there's Rincewind, there's the Witches, there's Death, yeah. and there's uh, City Moist. Watch, and there's Miscellaneous. So the City oh, Watch, okay. City Watch is the stuff revolving around Vimes and his crew being the police of Ankh-Morpork, which is the primary city of the Discworld. And the I, I would say, the generally speaking, the best books, the best series of books is definitely The City Watch, 100%. I love everything. And I, I personally probably love The Witches more, but I think The City, the city Watch is more accessible to, to a new reader than The Witches. Uh, although I did tell, tell Darcy to read the witches first. Yeah, but... Okay. So why did you tell Darcy to read the witches first? But I'm not. Now is this is this like a, a personalized thing? Or it's it's, it's a it's more of a personalized thing. I think I think Darcy would enjoy the witches. I think you'd enjoy the witches. I don't think otherwise. I, I'm sure you would enjoy everything from Discworld. But like you said, I, read witches last when we first started talking. Yeah, about and, and it's not because they're bad. I just think I think you'd enjoy. I think you get sucked in more from other stuff more than the witches. And I think Darcy is a person who likes horror movies and stuff more than you do. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And the witches aren't objectively horror, but they're definitely in that in that realm. Mm-hmm. I I think I would push that more first for her. And I think I think Darcy should read everything ultimately. But like, I would say like I would I would always say like I chose I think I told you to read Death first. Yes, and I think that works for you. I think the the general person should read a City Watch book first, which I would personally say Men at Arms, but lots of people say Guards, Guards. Uh, technically, that is the first it is the first series. one. Yeah, and but like it, it really doesn't matter. There's only like two books of the entire Discworld line that are explicit sequels, and that's the Light Fantastic and uh, Lords and Ladies. And, and otherwise, they all stand alone. But like, Life Fantastic is a sequel to The Color of Magic, and Lords and Ladies is a sequel to World, uh, The Witches Abroad. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, they're all essentially standalone books. And they're. <sighs> Let's start gushing right now. Like, the thing with Terry Pratchett is, he, like, I I would describe myself as a secular humanist. I think we both describe. Ourselves. I I I would. Yeah. I'm not going to describe anyone else. For themselves, but like I think I would I would have guessed you would say so, um, in that we both generally are uh, non-theistic, more so than atheistic, um, and also believe in the general thrust of humanity as being better than before. I think, generally speaking, humans are good people who are pushing towards good things. No matter how loud the uh, regressive uh, right-wing Christian Republicans are in America, 
or the UKIP is in the UK, or the Conservatives are in Canada, or whatever the crazy in charge of Australia is right now are in Australia. Like, there's a lot of ridiculous right-wing people in charge of countries right now, or vying to be in charge of countries right now. Uh, but, like, I think we will both agree that, generally speaking, humans are good and skew towards better than before. And I think Terry Pratchett would agree with that. I think the general thrust of the Discworld books, and I've read all the other books. He's read some other books beyond Discworld, but Discworld is definitely the prim- primary uh, venue for his ideas. And I would say Terry Pratchett's general idea of humanity is that they are mostly good people who are usually dumb and occasionally brilliant, but generally speaking will push humanity towards better than before. And I think that as a sec- and that generally speaking, religion is nonsense. It may help some people. But if you're going to look at it in a generally realistic world view of the world, it's objectively nonsense in that if we look at science and we see what we can observe, there's no real room for religion. But I, I think I think Pratchett more than Adams would be open to... Um, wait, what the fuck? Than Adams would be. <laughs> well, I, I think that there's a lot of chance and weirdness that happens in the Hitchhiker's Guide universe. And there's a lot of stuff that happens way outside of your, at least in the, like in the Hitchhiker's universe, it feels like you have a lot more agency than you do in any of the Pratchett books. Yeah. You don't have the, the, a whole, even, it, even, even death it, himself has very little agency in Discworld. It kind of just seems like shit just keeps happening. Cause there, there happen. are, there are people in the Discworld who are explicitly designed to keep reality moving in the way it is. And it's from, uh, the, the, the history monks keep time working on its path and making sure it doesn't verge too off. And, and yet, in, in Douglas Adams' books, from my mind, as someone who's read all of Douglas Adams, the one phrase that is in the books that sums the general idea as much as possible of Douglas Adams is, the way to fly is to throw yourself at the ground and miss. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And that sort of encapsulates Douglas Adams in a phrase, and he's much more than that. I don't want to. I don't want to diminish him to a phrase, but that sort of sums up the sort of general conceit of the Hitchhiker's Guide books. And that that's how you fly is that you throw something out and miss, and that is scientifically speaking true. Like if you if you throw something out and miss the ground, you are objectively flying. And so that's how Douglas Adams is the world, whereas Terry Pratchett would see it in that, oh, I'm not smart enough to do this. But like he would find a way to frame it narratively in that he would explain why you're flying, but also be like, oh, this is because uh, Terry Pratchett is more like Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's In that yeah. uh, Wile E. Cody can run off a cliff. And not fall until he realizes no ground under him. He will took hold up a sign saying "uh oh" and then fall, and that is something that would happen in Discworld, not in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy world. Well, page three of Small Gods, uh, he says uh, things just happen one after another. They don't care who knows, but history. Ah, history is different. History has to be observed. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not history. It's just you know well things happening one after another and that's Discworld. Discworld that, is that is a great way to describe Discworld. Yeah. I, I, I just finished reading Science of Discworld 4 and it reminded me that we are not a homo sapiens which is the wise man uh, thinking man or wise man I don't remember what it is. Mm-hmm. We are Panorans. We are the storytelling apes. Well we are. We and are. that I think is a objectively more accurate description of what humanity is and Homo sapiens. We are not necessarily wise people. We tell stories. We believe in the secret. We believe in all sorts of crazy things because the story makes sense to us at the time. And, and that's he, and that is how we've got to where we are now. And it's it's worked. It's worked great for thousands of years. 
and it may keep working great for thousands of years. But like at this point, I feel like we're smart enough to like, oh, the story's got us this far. Now we can move past the story. But like, but that's, that's what I liked about Small Gods is that small. A lot of Small Gods is oh. about bending that story to keep fitting, no matter what happens. There's a, one of one of my favorite quotes in that book is actually there's a, a I don't know if I call him evil but he, I guess evil is probably the best word to describe him certainly the villain of the book uh, the antagonist of the, the antagonist is in charge of the um, inquisition the their equivalent of the inquisition yeah. he is uh, the chief opens a surprise and fear no wait chief. <laughs> <laughs> well this is Vorbis is the guy's yeah, name yeah. And, and he says uh, where there is punishment there's always a crime sometimes the crime follows the punishment which only serves to prove the foresight of the great god and that is that is something that like, is so very true yeah and yet also oh, so very ridiculous yeah yep and that's the beauty of Discworld and the beauty of Terry Pratchett's view of the world is that what he writes about what the stories he writes in Discord are like, oh, that makes so much sense. It's so real. And you're also like, oh, but also that's fucking crazy. It's the most authentic take you can have on humanity and life on Earth that also has dragons and trolls and orcs yeah. and whatever else in it. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely the best reflection in my mind. And I, I haven't read, I've not read extensive science fiction and fantasy. I've read a decent amount of science fiction and fantasy, but I haven't read extensive. And, like, it's definitely, in my view, the best reflection in a learning sense of reality of any science fiction fantasy series that exists. More so than Hitchhiker's Guide. I think that, like you said before, science fiction tends to react to specific events. Like, if you if you were to say, like, okay, well, I want to read about the Vietnam War, I wouldn't give you a book about the Vietnam War. I would give you The Forever War by Joe Haldeman. And that's a science fiction book about his experiences in the Vietnam War. And, and I might give you The Other Side by Cameron Stewart. And, Jason, and I might give you The Other Side by Jason Aaron and Cameron well, yeah, Stewart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know I actually have a, a copy autographed by both of them? I, I I have it's co- it's definitely autographed by Cameron Stewart. Yeah, no, I got both of them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that popped in my head, but yeah, it's did. all good. Because well, so, I, yeah, I, um, I mentioned it probably. Yeah, probably probably because <laughs> you said something about it. Yeah, connections, storytelling, ape. So yeah, when it comes to science fiction, I tend to think of each science fiction book is a specific reaction to a specific event or a specific sure. controversy or a specific thing. Uh, a yeah, lot I, of fantasy tends to be about just about. Stories in general, like the yeah, wizard I, went to the thing. I find, the, generally you know, speaking, science fiction is a reaction to a specific concept versus fantasy is a reaction to reality. I don't. Okay, yeah, all right, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. Like fantasy's fantasy's scope is broader than science fiction is generally speaking, not exclusively at all. But I think generally speaking, science fiction generally focuses on a specific idea and expands on it. And the mm-hmm. best fantasy focuses on the world is more of a sociological review of the world yeah that's that's fair it's fair because at least in my opinion the worst fantasy is just a simple power trip it's epic fantasy, fantasy garbage or... like it's plenty of epic fantasy garbage that doesn't yeah. doesn't doesn't t- doesn't teach you anything i've learned i've been reading terry pratchett since i was 13 i'm gonna guess Sounds and right. i've learned it's really shaped the way I view the world. And I've read, I've read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from a, from earlier than that even. And I've read all of Douglas Adams stuff around the same era, a little earlier because Douglas Adams fed into Terry Pratchett. Uh, but like really Pratchett is the, even like, Stuff like Carver People and his Bromeliad trilogy and Good Omens, like his non-Discworld stuff, is reflects the world in such an interesting way to show you, from an outsider's point of view, how it works. That it's such a great learning tool beyond just being a wonderful story. And he, like, he's been involved in four science books that use Discworld in that way explicitly. To, to show how it affects reality. And I think they do a wonderful job of that. I'm a little, I'm a little verklapped because it's, it's more than half my life of this person who's recently died. And, and 
and I can't really handle that, that he doesn't exist anymore, and he's not going to teach me anything new at this point. He, he, is my, he is my secular humanist guru, is what Terry Pratchett is. And I can't handle that my guru is dead. And I, I've met him, thankfully. I've shook his hand. I have a picture taken with him. I'm like, it's great. I'm, I'm ecstatic that I've, I got to meet him before he died, which I'm not going to do for Douglas Adams. And that's, it crushes me that it never happened. But like, no, I, 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 I'm sorry everyone for listening to this. I'm not, I'm not sure how much this will make it in for my general size, but like, I read the Science of Disco book four recently, and I the first chunk what I I read about the librarian and the the, the Wizards of Discworld and and uh, the patrician veterinary who was in charge of the of the Ankh-Mork Park, the primary city of the world, and I just wept because I'm I there's there's one more book and at the time I thought there was no more books in this world that I'm ever going to see. But there's one more book in this world I'm going to see, and I don't know how I'm going to handle that. But, like, I'd... It's my everything. Like, it's... Terry Pratchett encapsulates my world view. And the, the, the one person that most perfectly encapsulates my world view has died. And I don't know how to interact with the world after that has happened. And, and like I, he's taught me well, I think. I think I've grown up from between my parents and Terry and Douglas, who are my primary teachers in the world. I I've learned a a I've learned well in that people are generally good, but we're mostly fucked up, and we should push forwards and try to learn more and be better, and we should be generally. Pushing in the direction of learning more and being better is what we should be aiming towards. Well, in that spirit, and as and, I kind of said to you, sorry, God. And, and the people that taught me that, aside from my parents, both Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett died young. And it's crushing to me that I'm not, I don't have an extra 20 years of these people. Like, they, if they hadn't both died young, I could have had an I could have gone till I was 60 reading these people's books. And I'm stopping one of my mid 30s with Harry Pratchett and my 20s with the fucking Douglas Adams. And that's fucking crushing. And I'm sure there's other people that are almost as good or better. Maybe I don't know if they're better or not. I'm not I can't say. But like John Scalzi does a great job with science fiction right now, but there's plenty of people who do good science fiction, good fantasy. I'm not saying there's not people almost as good or better but like in my teens I discovered Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett so they're my dudes your teens are when you solidify what you're going to do and I was supremely lucky that I had fucking Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett as my guiding posts to reinforce my admittedly wonderful parents views of the world but I had other people helping to reinforce that and read wonderful fictional stories that help reinforce that. And I'm almost out of those stories and I'm not happy about that at all. Well, I don't have parents that read books and I don't have parents that really taught me much about anything about the world or anything like like that. But I do read uh, Saturday morning breakfast cereal by Zach Wiener Smith. <laughs> and when you told me this before, we had this conversation that you were, you know, going to get emotional about this thing, all, all of this, this, this podcast and, and, and finishing the science of disc world and, and all that. Um, I immediately thought back to, there's a, there's a comic that uh, Zach Wiener Smith put out about that. We all die, but it's a false belief that we only live once. That truthfully, if you believe in this sort of worldview that these writers put forth, uh, we live many lives and we constantly renew ourselves throughout our lives. And you are currently in, I think, your 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 fourth life because you're you're over thirty two. You're thirty four, right? I'm thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah. So you're two years into your fourth life. I'm God, moving damn. out of my fourth life into 
moving on my third life into my fourth because I'm, I'm th- 30, going to be turning 31, 32 is his cutoff for that life because he starts at 11. Says at 11 years old, you're going to start mastering something. It takes about seven years to master things. So every seven years, you get a new life. And every seven years, you can refresh what you know, and you, you, you master something, you, you learn all about the world, and then you can put fresh eyes on something that you loved years ago. I mean, if you read a, one of these books 20 years ago, I constantly reread um, my favorite book, which is Douglas Copeland's Microsurfs. I can't even tell you why it's my favorite book anymore. Because the person who read that book and I have very little in common. Yeah. As I as I said to you earlier, I saw a, a post about someone uh, talking about the the how wonderful Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels uh, is as a film. I must have seen Lock, Stock f- at least fourteen, fifteen times uh, when I was a teenager. Watched it constantly because I wanted to be. I, in I, film. I agree wholeheartedly. Lock, Stock is something you grow out of, though. Is it though? Because I'm. It is. It's it. something. It's something you grow out of. I think. I like Lockstock is always going to be a solid movie. But like um, uh, Boondock Saints, it's not something that necessarily, if you were to watch fresh now, would hold up as well as if it's not filtered through the lenses of nostalgia. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I. I, I guess. Okay. Well, then I'll stick with books. <laughs> sure. I, and I'm going to say I think Pratchett and Adams both hold up beyond nostalgia. I'm actually uh, – Especially Pratchett. You know what? I'm just going to fucking say it. My girlfriend uh, is going to be reading or is reading the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide books, and so I'm rereading those. And as I'm rereading those, I'll be reading more Discworld. And like as I go through the year and I'm kind of – like because she's like telling me about you know what she likes about the books and everything, and she's 23, going to be 24. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and I'm 30. <laughs> Uh, and I first, I first, I first read those books back when I was like twenty two, twenty three. Because you told me, you know, you told me to to read them, and it it just seems like it's just something you revisit. I mean, I know that you think that you've read the last of these books, but like you really haven't because you've you've. I've not. I've I've never read any of them, so I'm excited to reread them at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, I think that's the truth. Is you know, I think after twenty years, you really haven't read a book. I, well, I went like, back and sorry. last year I reread a bunch of comic books. I re- I reread Preach here. I re- reread Why. I reread Transmet. I reread reread's hard to read at this point. I reread Hundred Bullets. I reread a bunch of comics I already read and like oh this, there's so much more to this that I got in the first time and so I'm I'm super excited to like I've I've reconsumed very little media. I've mostly consumed once. And I've reconsumed a few things, but the vast majority of things I've only consumed once. Like I've never seen Goodfellas a second time. I've never reread any Pratchett books or Hitchhiker's Guide books. Uh, I've like I've never all this stuff is all I've never rewatched Breaking Bad or the or uh, the Lost, the Lost or Lost. I've reread some of the rewatched some of the Wire, but not much of it. But even rewatching the Wire was like, oh, this is this is almost revelatory. Like it's I I understand it concept mm-hmm. like. In relation to all this stuff that comes after it that I didn't see beforehand, I was like, "Oh, this is brilliant," more so than it was without the context of like, "Oh, this is how good it gets." And the early Discworld books are not are are all solid. They're all at least as good as let's say, Last the Universe and everything. Like I, I would say that Douglas Adams' best books are, Hitchhiker's uh, Guide's books at least are best, uh, the first one and Restaurant, and after that they're not quite as good. And I would say the worst Pratchett books are as good as the worst Douglas Adams books. And huh. and, and the be- but I would personally say the better books are better than anything Douglas Adams has ever written. Okay. And that's only and that's partially because Douglas Adams has only written four, five, six, seven fiction books total. Really. Like he yeah. wrote the five Hitchhiker's Guide books, the two um, Dirk Gently Dirk books, Gently. and that's it for fiction. Huh. Whereas Terry Pratchett has written forty plus. Like this, it's not comparable. It's not fair to compare yeah, the no. two. Yeah. But because he's written so much more, the highs are higher than Hitchhiker's Guide. I think the Hitchhiker's Guide is a tighter set of five books than any five books 
You can read in sequence of the Discworld. But you could pick five better books than anything the Hitchhiker's Guide's ever written. It would include Small Gods, for sure. <laughs> it would basically be the best of Small... It would be the best of the five topics. It would be the best Rincewind, best Death, best Witchers, best City Watch, best Miscellaneous. It would be better than anything Douglas Adams ever wrote. It's because he didn't write much. It's not because he didn't write brilliantly... And he did, and I've seen so. And 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 what he wrote was initially a radio play, like he, he the Hitchhiker's Guide books are adaptations of a radio play. Yeah, which is sort of insane if you think about it right now. Yeah, <laughs> like nothing in North America, especially as us as North Americans, like nothing in North America starts as radio anything. Like radio is a tertiary medium at best. Not even a secondary medium. It's like it's a it's a it's a tertiary medium, especially in the states. Like there's NPR and CBC, which make quality, relevant content. But and, nowadays, I don't even. And think beyond about that, radio. I think about it as podcasts now. Oh, well, of course, it absolutely is. I, all my yeah. everything that's on CBC is on the podcast or in the car if I happen to catch it. But like it's all podcasts, and I listen to Planet Money and and This American Life and other things that are on uh, sort of public radio stations. And like that's all of all that I guess podcast now, but like it's pod, radio is such a secondary medium now because of podcasts have come up and TV has taken over the thing. Like it's it's all sort of in between those two things. It's a crazy middle ground, and I think Douglas Adams is a crazy middle ground because he was in the he peaked when science fiction, in my mind, peaked. And he, he carried on that with wonderful work that teaches you about reality and the world at large, again, in a secular humanist way. But Terry Pratchett took that ball, which he'd started at the same time or earlier, possibly. I'm not going to Google it right now because I don't do that while we're recording. And, and since then, moved beyond that. Like, he has definitely talked about and referenced and reflected, not referenced, reflected more real-world scenarios than Douglas Adams ever did, just by sheer volume than anything. And and it's not fair to him to compare the two, but, like, they are both the comedic, speculative fiction people. Well, I'm not... I'm not I didn't bring them up to compare them. I brought them up to just say that those two authors, to me, are essential. If they are essential. If you're a human... They are a must-read for anyone who cares about the world. Or anything. Yeah, or humanity. Yeah. They, 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 like, they are, they are, like, I'm going to rag on this a bit, but, like, secular humanism is the way to go. Like, it's the way to go. Fuck I religion think, think... and and pro-humanity in a, in a general sense is the concept of secular humanism. Is like, generally base your yay humanity views on scientific fact, and that's the way to go for secular humanism. And Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett are both exemplars of that ideal. Yeah, like Douglas, I'm, I keep I hate re- referencing him in relation to Terry Pratchett and Douglas Adams. I mean, because they're they're separate people who did separate things in separate venues. But like, but I also think that they have a like I said that they, they're both essential in that way yes. because I, I think that if you read one without the other, maybe it'll balance. It'll push you maybe a little bit too much in the wrong way. That's the way I feel about it. I don't know about wrong way. I think both will lead you in the I right feel, way. Like, I feel, looking back on it, that I was incomplete. Before Pratchett? Before Pratchett. Okay. In, it, in that, like, that seesaw did not have a balance on both sides. In the same way that if I just read... I think if you read... Pratchett uh, is Col- definitely more about people than Adam says. Like, if, if you ever said that you wanted to read a whole bunch of Douglas Copeland books, I would say you need to cut that shit with some Polinuk books. Like, <laughs> like you, you, you really do. Like, I think that Fight Club and 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 that the stuff that's put forth in Fight Club is really balanced out by a lot of the stuff that Copeland says. Like, Copeland's very you're, like you're right, Generation you're, X lovey. You know, like sorry, you're, go ahead. you're right in that Pratchett is not. Um, yay, humanity is 100 percent great. He's fully aware that we are supremely flawed, and the wonderful part of this world is he reflects those flaws well. You've read Small Gods and Mort. Mm-hmm. And small gods, especially, reflects the, the the Christian right very well, and it reflects the Christian right very well. Twenty years ago, yeah, 
he's he's essentially prescient. Like it's that, that the beauty of these kind of books is that they're timeless. Well, because they just we just keep repeating the same. Mistakes. I know we totally are, and I'm I'm sure it's yeah. like it's it's those for I don't I don't know what now at this point in our pre-recording or what's recording, but like the the, the Pratchett stuff and the, both Pratchett Adams both reflect the world realistically in that it's not like they're both they're both optimistic with about humanity, but they're they're both also realistic in that we're we're horribly fucked up, horribly yeah. fucked up. Douglas Adams realized that we are descended from hairdressers and other ridiculous people of nominal use in the Golden Frenchums. And Pratchett recognized us in a sort of other ways in Soul Music and Small Gods and that we're like, we try to be good, but ultimately we reach so far and fail a lot of the time. And like we, we get so far like, oh, I feel like I've reached some sort of epiphany, so I'm going to stop now. Whether that is it reached far enough or like I've reached like, oh, I believe God created man, objectively speaking, and there's no dinosaurs, and all of it is a myth that God created to make us think we're older than we are, and other creationist bullshit. But like he he thinks that we have we have got to a point and stopped. And all of Terry Pratchett's stuff revolves around this different stopping points we've reached, I would say. To put a cap on that, to put a cap on this episode, I wanted to finish with specifically referencing what you're talking about, which okay. is a, another quote from Small Gods, which is uh, brother and Ohm go to this country, far off country, ex- exploring the world, seeing new people, meeting meeting new things. And the Ephebians uh, have yeah. this thing, the Ephebians. They, they believe that every man should have the vote. Yeah, the Greeks, the Greeks, yeah. Every man should have the vote. Every five years, someone's elected to be tyrant, <laughs> provided that he could be honest, intelligent, sensible, and trustworthy. Immediately and that, after he was elected. And, and objectively, that is the best form of government. It objectively is the best form of government. Yeah. But immediately after he was elected, of course, it was obvious to everyone that he was a criminal madman, totally out of touch with the view of the ordinary philosopher in the street looking for a towel. And then five years later, they elected another one just like him. And really, it was amazing how intelligent people just kept on making the same mistakes. Yep. This has been Internet Boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> I am Joey. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Heflick. And with me, as always, is, is Ryan at Gobo and Ryan Kloss on all sort of other videos. And also, we have our joint Twitter account, which is at Internet BFs. Yeah, we have a Tumblr and... Facebook, which you can figure out if you're smart enough. If you're not, suck it. Yeah, I don't really. I really, really like I'm sure. With us, though, I'm sure. Us directly. Yeah, if if you're not yeah. smart enough to figure out where we are on Facebook or Tumblr or uh, Twitter, then fuck off. Well, I don't like, think you made it this far in the podcast. Exactly, you yeah. wouldn't have. I don't think you did. So, but hey, that's okay. No matter who you are, no matter what your reading level is. You you should be reading Discworld at some point because it will expand your idea of the of the real world, despite being a made up world of a a flat disc rotating on four elephants, standing on top of a turtle swimming through space, and it can all that that world that exists can teach you more about the world you live in than many many other things. I agree. So until next time, we love you all. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.